Okay, hello everyone and welcome to Actus Radio, the nation's only radio program dedicated to the clinical documentation improvement profession. Actus Radio is a bi-weekly program dedicated to bringing you closer to the difference makers in CDI and sharing the latest information relevant to the CDI profession and Actus. Today, Wednesday, November 21st, marks our 110th program. I'd be remiss if I didn't wish everyone a Happy Thanksgiving uh, a day early. Hope you uh, have some time off and are enjoying that with your families. So my name is Brian Murphy, Director of Actus, the Association of Clinical Documentation Improvement Specialists, and I'm your host for today's program, Learning with Actus Local Chapters. I'm joined today by my familiar uh, colleague and occasional co-host, Melissa Barnabas, on the left of your screen there. Melissa is the Associate Editorial Director for Actus, where she's responsible for the development of books, webinars, and local chapter network. She's also responsible for co-developing our Actus National Conference, and I'm pleased to have her on. So welcome to the program, Melissa. Thanks so much for having me, Brian. Absolutely. All right, next I'd like to introduce today's industry guest. We have with us today a first-time um, participant on Actus Radio, Karen Elmore. Karen is a documentation quality coordinator for BJC Healthcare in St. Louis, Missouri. In 2008, Karen developed the CDI program at Boone Hospital in Columbia, Missouri, which is under the umbrella of BJC. In 2016, she was recruited for a corporate position with BJC Healthcare as a documentation quality coordinator. In this role, she supports 11 CDI specialists and four CDI leaders within four hospitals in the Columbia St. Louis area. Her areas of focus are second level reviews, including quality measures, as well as serving as a mediator between coding and CDI mismatches, mortality reviews, insurance denial reviews, and orientation of new CDI staff. But principally today, we're going to be talking about her role serving on the Actus Chapter Advisory Board. Uh, where she is a chapter leader for the Actus Heart of Missouri local chapter. So welcome to the program, Karen. Thank you so much, Brian. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, great. Looking forward to it. All right. As I always do, I'm going to start with a poll question related to today's topic. Um, I was talking to Melissa and Karen before the show. We actually asked this question same question on our July 2017 Actus Radio. So we're going to also look at how this, the results from today, this question bears uh, out year over year. But the question reads, are you a member of a local Actus chapter? Your options are yes, no, uh, not a local chapter, but a topic-based networking group. We do have a few of these that are meeting kind of virtually about uh, educators and uh, pediatrics, etc. Maybe you don't know what a chapter of Actus is, never heard of it, <laughs> or not applicable. Again, are you a member of an Actus local chapter? Yes, no, not a local chapter, but topic based networking group. Wait, there are chapters of Actus, <laughs> or not applicable. All right, I'm showing about 80, more than 80% of our members have voted on this. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, close this out. And as we always do, we will 
come back to the results in uh, just a few minutes. All right. As I mentioned, our guest today is Karen Elmore. Karen, welcome to Actus Radio, and thanks for being a part of today's program. Um, Thank you, Brian, for inviting I, me. Yeah, yeah, no, no problem. I thought we could maybe start by, you know, having you tell the audience a little bit about your involvement with Actus Local Chapters in terms of what made you get started and decide to head up the Missouri chapter. I'm always interested in this because chapter leadership is a lot of work and uh, a lot of organizing. And, you know, what, what, what was it within you that, that made you get started in this effort? Well, when we started this program, our, our um, CDI program at Boone Hospital in, in Columbia, Missouri back in 2008, I, I knew what a DRG was, but I had been a bedside nurse. I was an ICU nurse. I really didn't care about any of that stuff. I just wanted to keep my patients alive. And um, when, when I started looking at that with CDI and, and everything, I thought, wow, I don't know much about this. So I, and, and, and at BJC, we didn't have a, a collaborative program at the time. You know, everybody was in their own little entity. So I reached out to a hospital, one of our hospitals here in Columbia, um, University Hospital, and said, hey, do you guys have clinical documentation specialists? And they said, yes, we do. Do you guys want to meet up? And we kind of had a networking thing. So there was about 10 of us in the group. We just kind of networked. We talked about, you know, different things that we were going through. And then we decided about, it was probably a year afterwards, that maybe we should reach out to other people other entities in mid-Missouri and see if they have PDI programs. So we did, and I we were kind of amazed at how many people were starting their CDI programs at that time. So we um, all got together, and we I, I kind of brought up the, the topic of, do we want to have a more formal program? Do we want to have an actual chapter that we form? And everybody in the room, there was probably about, 12 to 16 people that CDS that were saying, yes, we would like to do this. This would be a great thing to, to have. So we said, yes, let's do it. And then we thought, you know, we need to have somebody to be the organizer of the group. So we, we had thought president, vice president, and secretary. And we had somebody, you know, pipe up really quick and say, I want to be the secretary. I'm good at taking notes. I can do that kind of stuff. And so I said, okay. And then I said, do we have any volunteers for president or vice president? And it was crickets in the room. <laughs> Nobody wanted to do any of that stuff. And so I, I said, well, I, I would take the president, you know, position if, you know, if that's okay, if everybody is okay with that. And it was, yes, please do. And then I had somebody step up right away and say, hey, I'll be the vice president. And that's kind of how we started. And that was in wow. 2010. So eight years later, here we still are. <laughs> It's crazy. It's been ten years. That's so it's so I amazing. I I remember <laughs> I remember when we were first getting started there um, with the Heart of Missouri chapter, and talking to you about you know they hey there are these other local groups within the state of Missouri. Um, you know I'll pause and just tell folks uh, who are listening to the podcast today there are more than. 40 local chapters around the country and we even have some international groups starting up and, the, and as Brian mentioned at the top of the program, there are also topic focused networking groups that meet virtually like the educators networking group and pediatric networking group among others. 
but Missouri is one of only two states that has subcomponent groups that are city-based. So there is you know, the Heart of Missouri chapter and the St. Louis chapter and the Kansas City chapter. And Karen, you had the idea of saying, you know, well, let's get all of our all of us together for a big annual event. You know, do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about how that came about? Yes. In, in 2016, we had kind of had this had our program going for a few years and our our chapter and I said you know it's been a dream I would love to have a conference and everybody was like yes let's do it we want to have this conference but I didn't know where to start so I contacted Melissa and said Melissa can you help us I don't know where to start these are kind of some ideas we've had and this was in May May of 2016 and I thought you know this will be a year-long process we'll do this and she said, have you thought about contacting the leaders from St. Louis and from Kansas City and getting them involved? And I thought, wow, no, I didn't. So Melissa, you know, got me in contact with the two um, leaders and we sat down. I said, you know, this is what I'd like to do. I'd love to have a conference here in the state of Missouri. And they said, let's go for it. Let's do it. And by golly, we got this started. Now, mind you, this was May of 2016. We pulled off a conference, an all-day, eight-hour conference with 60 EUs in October of 2016. I was thinking it was going to wow. be a year down the road, <laughs> but we pulled off that conference <laughs> that was, was here in, <laughs> in three months, and it was over four months, and it was amazing. It was just, I mean, I had like three full-time jobs. The the job <laughs> I had two of those full time jobs was being the the conference chairperson, um, and then I had my paying full time job. <laughs> <laughs> but but it was an amazing conference, and we just this year just um, in October just had our third annual Show Me State conference, and I do have to give Brian the most accolades and kudos to Melissa Barnabas for helping us through all of this, because without her, I don't think we would have ever gotten as far as we did as quick as we did. Um, and our conference, we have about a hundred people who come to our conference every year from the state of Missouri and from surrounding areas. We've had, we had one person come from Florida even um, to join our conference and it's, oh. it's all day. It's from, you know, 7.30 in the morning to 4.30 in the afternoon on a Saturday. We give CEUs with it. We have breakout sessions. Um, it's just a great, great conference. I'm, I'm just so proud. And the, and the co-leads that I have from St. Louis and, and Kansas City are amazing. I mean, just amazing. We couldn't do this without the, the professionals that we have to work with to make this a, a conference a go. I really have to echo you there, Karen, and, and kudos to you and all of the other co-leaders who've, who've really put, you guys put your heart and souls into this, and you have regular <laughs> planning meetings that go into it. You meet, um, was it monthly, you know, and everyone gets on the phone, and we have a checklist, you know, where are we at each point, um, you know, and how is, you know, how are the speaker selection going, and so on and so forth, and, and it's really you can feel it when you're on these calls that it's a labor of love for you all. And, and you really do just such an amazing job with it. Everyone, everyone just is so dedicated to it. It's fantastic. Yeah. Thank it you. sounds like you've got a second, second career as an event organizer. If you can choose that route, <laughs> that's pretty cool. 
<laughs> I love party planning, Brian. I do love that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, who knows? We we might need your help. Um, maybe you could, you know, he's such a positive person, Karen. This is a great story. I, I just, you know, some of our listeners might be a little skeptical and, and about some of the challenges. There's got to be many of them. You know, you've, you've already kind of alluded to a couple just juggling the organization, you know, setting up meetings, a conference, answering questions, you know, and this is this is all apart from your full-time job at BJC. So uh, what, what are some of the challenges and how have you managed those? Well, the first thing is you've got to have a great support group. Oh my gosh. And, and, and I do, I, I think if, if, if we didn't have the support group that we, that we have for the show me state conference and with the other leaders and Melissa and my director and to everybody that we have, um, my director at my paying job, then I don't think we would <laughs> we we would be able to 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 do as well as we have done. But you know, if if there's something going on, and it's just like I can't I can't answer this question or I can't um, you know take care of this issue right now. People just step up and say, "Here, let me let me take that for you." Or the same thing with them. If somebody's having an, an issue with trying to get something done and they are not able to do it let, and I will step up and say hey let me help you with that and it's just that collaboration and that camaraderie within the team that if we did not have that I just don't know how well it would work yep. and it, it is Absolutely. hard I mean, it's hard to, because you know you, you've got all of these other things that are, that are going on in your life because we all have lives outside of our our work and our um, other things that we do. And, you know, it's just, it's just, it is a juggling act. Um, but I think staying positive and being organized <laughs> is are, are, are two things that you really need to have as well. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You wouldn't, wouldn't be able to do this. So it comes through very clearly, Karen. Yeah. And the support team is really vital too. And I think the way that um, this, group of folks and it's true for so so many of our local chapter leaders across the country too they are really dedicated to the CDI profession and and dedicated to helping bring other CDI professionals along to elevate each other's professional development in a way that is convenient and beneficial to everyone and and that sort of love of the job really shines through in so many of our local chapter leaders and that ability to share that information and help other people grow um, is so evident and particularly in, in, with you guys as you've as you've grown yourselves in your local chapters and one of the questions that that I wanted to ask you Karen is how serving as a local chapter leader has helped you sort of grow personally and professionally and um, what changes do you think being a local chapter leader and being involved in local chapter events has, has had on, on your professional career? I think it's made me a, a better, first of all, clinical documentation specialist. I think it has just, I have learned so much from, there's so many smart people out there, so many people that are just wealths of knowledge and they're just willing to share. I mean, it takes a village you know, to, I know that's kind of a, an old cliche, but it takes a village to, to build a chapter and to keep that chapter going. 
And with all of the people sharing their knowledge and and being willing to be a speaker or to be a panel member, um, it is it is just fabulous. And and then you know going on, I mean this this being in a local chapter has actually I have now become this documentation quality coordinator that you know I support different hospitals and. I'm on the Actus Chapter Advisory Board, which is a wonderful thing to do. And and you know, this year I've uh, for the the twelve uh, the twelfth annual Actus Conference in 2019, I get to actually the privilege of being a speaker, which is a wonderful thing. Um, so I think if if we hadn't, I think this chapter has and 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 in the collaboration with the other chapters in Missouri has really helped evolve me as a CDS and as a person and I'm hoping that other people feel the same way I, I really think that that our group is such a strong close-knit group and we just want to bring everybody up and bring everybody together right absolutely you know uh, Karen maybe we can wrap up um, with the interview part of the show here if someone in the audience is listening to this program has a chapter in their area and is on the fence about whether to attend, whether it's worthwhile, or you know maybe even about maybe they don't have a chapter in their area and they're looking at starting something up. Uh, what what advice would you give them and anywhere you might send them for more information? Go to Actus um, National website. Oh my gosh, there's such a there's so much information there. Um, my information is on there. You can contact me. Uh, I will be happy to help with anything I can do. I, I think it's very important to have this collaboration with your local CDS because you just never know who you might meet, who you might uh, come in contact with, and how how this can develop you as a person, you as a CDS. So um, reach out to different places like that. Um, and um, it, it's, it's a good thing. Love your job. And if you love your job, if you love being a CDS, definitely make that local chapter. Absolutely. And I'll just you know, also weigh in that, you know, to echo Karen, there is a wealth of information on actus.org under networking and events and local chapters. And you can always give me a call directly or shoot me an email if you have any questions about local chapter activities. We list upcoming yeah. events in the weekly newsletter CDI strategies um, and we also post information about upcoming events on that local chapter page so if anyone's interested in attending that information can easily be found in those two locations yeah I'll pull up the um, website in a bit when I get to the in the news section here but there is if you haven't checked out our local chapter page you can there's a really cool map you can click on and click on the state and it'll tell you if there's a chapter in the state who, who the leader is in their contact information. So I've already got someone who's listening to the show who's going to reach out to you, Karen, after the program. Okay. Uh, that will be great. This has been very valuable. I'm happy to talk to anybody. Absolutely. Also, just got a message from a friend down in Florida, Karen Williams, just want to give you a shout out and say thanks for the work that you're doing down there on the local chapter level. Thanks, Karen. And thanks, you know, hey, it's, it's Thanksgiving, so I'm going to give you my thanks. The, the chapter leadership is, again, a lot of work. 
and you've put a lot of effort into this and really helped some CDIs grow in their careers. It's admirable what you're doing and, and keep up the great work. It goes to all of our chapter leaders. All right. Well, thanks, Karen. I'm going to go ahead and, uh, and show the results of our poll question. Again, we asked our audience, are you a member of a local ACTUS chapter? So your, your results, you should be seeing these on your screen. Um, it's almost 60%, 59% say yes uh, of our listeners today. 35% said no. 2% are a member of one of our topic-based networking groups. 2% weren't aware there were chapters of ACTUS until today, so hopefully they've learned a little bit. And 2% not applicable. I did get a comment in the in the, the questions that come to me during the show that some don't have a chapter in their immediate state. So that, that could be that 2% or part of that 2%. But again, uh, almost 60%. And, and so the results from 2017, July of 2017, were, were quite a bit different. Um, only 45% were a chapter member uh, at that time. So almost 15% growth. Uh, 47% so said no. Right. And 6% uh, did not know there were chapters of Actus. So um, we've seen, obviously, growth in attendance at chapter meetings, participation, and and fewer people have, you know, are, are unaware that there are chapters in Actus to begin with. So all, all good news there. Any awesome. uh, any thoughts, Karen? Yeah. What do you what What do you think? Uh, I think I'm I'm so happy because it's just it's it's amazing that you can reach out to people and you can have these you can you can ask questions and and just having that group support to um as, of a local chapter I think that is amazing I love that we have grown 15 percent in in a year that's wonderful right. That's really exciting. I'm I'm very happy yeah. to, to see that. Um, and it really yeah. is, you know, a testament to all the hard work that our local chapter leaders are doing across the country. I mean, this is volunteer work. They do it out of the kindness of their hearts, you know, enable in order to enable folks to to join together and learn from each other. So, uh, you know, kudos to all our local chapter leaders out there. That's really great news. Yeah, agreed. All right. Well, at this point, I'm going to move to our In the News segment of the show. In the News is a regular segment featuring the latest news and industry updates relevant to the CDI profession. Today, I'd like to discuss uh, an important news story related to some recent changes, upcoming changes to evaluation and management visits for physician billing, better known to most as E&M. Um, you should be seeing on your screen an article from Health Leaders Magazine. Uh, by my colleague Stephen Porter. Uh, so I'm going to scroll down a bit here. I would encourage you to check out the story after the show, as I always do. I will provide a link to this in our, the notes from today's show. Uh, but essentially, in a story reported uh, on Health Leaders Media and elsewhere, um, a plan to simplify the way physicians bill Medicare for evaluation and management visits has been finalized and will begin to take effect next year, meaning January of 2019, but the controversial payment component of the plan will be delayed until 2021, which gives stakeholders more time to influence policymaking, uh, CMS announced recently. So we have some big changes coming. Um, the, this announcement coincides with the release of the 2019 Physician Fee Schedule and Quality Payment Program Final Rule. 
CMS uh, Administrator Seema Vermer is quoted in here saying, we know that this is going to have a tremendous impact on many doctors in America. We want to make sure we get this right. And uh, is, and said that the two-year extension on uh, the payment changes will afford time to incorporate additional improvements to the policy. So the, the payment part is not finalized right now, and there, there, there is some more time for commentary. But um, essentially, starting in January 2019, there's going to be a large overhaul of the E&M visits. Um, some of you, I know not everyone is involved with E&M, might not know the ins and outs of E&M. But basically, there's been two methodologies you've had to use to bill E&M. They're uh, 1995 and 97 guidelines, which tells you how long they've been in effect, more than 20 years. And uh, certainly technology's changed. Um, and the E&M uh, regulations have not kept up with some of these changes. There's finally a large overhaul here. This is a simplified structure that aligns with the current administration's desire to uh, simplify billing and, and remove some of the administrative burden for physicians. Um, the simplified structure would enable practitioners to elect to document E&M visits based on the time spent with their patients or on their own uh, medical judgment. So it really is um, a simplification of this, those current 95-97 guidelines. I'd recommend checking out the story because there's a lot of uh, links to the way that these work um too much to cover on today's show but it, it kind of re these links review the way that uh, physicians can now use time for example to report their E&M visits um you know right now there's a there's a five-tier E&M system um and this this would collapse that into uh, a blended payment rate for office and outpatient outpatient visits uh through the second through fifth levels Doctors have really balked at this proposed change, arguing that this small time-saving change didn't warrant the plan reduction in payment. The AMA um, did praise efforts to reduce the burnout, but was also concerned about potential unintended consequences uh, of this change. So, um, a lot more to come here, but again, effective January 1st, 2019, those reductions to the documentation coding um, take effect and again the payment will be delayed until 2021 there is a nice uh, CMS fact sheet that summarizes um, right here that summarizes a lot of these changes in a, in a concise manner so I would encourage everyone to check this out again I know not everyone is involved with physician E&M it's a little outside the sphere of traditional inpatient CDI but your physicians are obviously going to be very interested in this um, if they're especially if they're, they're you know they're billing Medi Medicare and uh, are reporting their own E&M codes. So again, I will provide a link to that after the program. And any comments from yourself at all, Karen, on this news? Do you, do you work with physician E&M as part of your CDI program? We do not directly, um, Brian, but I can see this causing a lot of headaches. Because if we're going a lot by time, as opposed to what we're really doing, what we try to do at CDS is teach them to, to document accurately and paint the real picture of the patient. So have the, the diagnosis, the clinical indicators that support that diagnosis and the treatment plan. Um, so I know they're talking about how 
the time is important, but oh, it kind of makes it makes me. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a little skeptical. I'm a little nervous about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it, we're going to wait to see how it shakes out. Um, there, there, there are some things I like about it, but I'm I'm, I'm a little skeptical about the payment reductions as well. Um, and how that's going to look ultimately, but there's a there's a reason why ENM is is so complicated, um, you know, and it is sort of a, an important aspect for CDI professionals to take into consideration, as it is how your physicians are getting their part of their payments um, in terms of their professional their professional billing. But as as Brian mentioned earlier, these regulations hail from 1995 and 1997 and are confusing enough in their own right and these uh so-called simplification of these rules you know are almost a an absence of rules or a even more of a confusion of rules saying you know go ahead and and do what you want <laughs> you know with, with however you feel like you want to document your E&M codes um but as right. you said, as, as you said you know, <laughs> let's uh let's see how it all shakes out in the end yeah, there are some other interesting items in here too, just about some of the way they're they're reducing some of the need for for paperwork in terms of um, established patients and and not having to re-document certain items that I'm sure will be appreciated. But but I, I agree, it's kind of a mixed bag right now, and I'm sure more to come. We'll we will keep covering this here uh, in Actus. All right. So we're going to wrap up here briefly with an Actus update. Actus update is a regular feature bringing you the latest updates on what's going on inside of Actus. Um, so you're looking at our website here. Just to recap something I shared earlier in the show, our local chapter map is down here. So go ahead and check that out uh, if you haven't already seen where that lives. Uh, but what I did want to talk about here in our Actus update is a quarterly conference call. Our next Actus quarterly conference call takes place next Thursday, November 29th. Uh, Melissa Varnavis on t- today's show is going to be running that call. Um, these are free calls to members of Actus National. Our quarterly conference calls have been very popular. We've had them since we debuted Actus back in 2007. They're in-depth one-hour conversations with several members of our advisory board covering topics of interest to the CDI profession. Um, again, Melissa will be running the call. Attendees can ask their questions via our web portal. It's very, very similar to Actus Radio in that regard. And they can also earn one CEU towards recertification of the CCDS credential. So if you listen to four of these calls per year, and you, it's a two-year research window, you're getting eight of your CEUs that are needed for research. Uh, next week, we've got a, a great topic up for discussion, which is a new uh, white paper written by several members of the Actus Advisory Board. Uh, how to conduct a medical record review. That paper, again, is available under white papers for our Actus members. Um, and our quarterly conference calls are also located um, on our website here. I'm having a hard time finding them at the moment. <laughs> under resource, uh, They're under resource library and quarterly Under calls. resource library. There we go. You think I would know that by now? But here, here, <laughs> come on, Brian. <laughs> so, um, so, Actus yeah, members can, can access our... the registration to the calls by clicking on that top right. link there. 
unfortunately, people who are not members won't have access to this page, as, it, as the quarterly calls are a membership benefit. So you do yep. need to register for the call, um, and that will set you up with your dial-in instructions. That's right. And all our past calls are there and recorded, so you can go back and listen to them. They're, they're a great resource for our members. So I'm looking forward to that quarterly call uh, next week. All right, well, that is gonna do it for today's um, edition of ACT as Radio. We're gonna see you back here again in two weeks for our next program on training CDI staff with one of our new authors who's got a great book out on this topic. But as always, if you have any suggestions for future guests or ideas about the format of the show, please send me an email at bmurphy at actus.org. want to thank Karen and Melissa again for being on today's show. And happy Thanksgiving, everyone. We will see you back here in two weeks.